All right, everyone, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 19. As always, I'm your host, Tristan Weber, and I'm going to be taking you around the NFL today. Today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about the Dallas Cowboys, and are they still contenders? No. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and the hype that they deserve, and then I'm going to be finishing my show up with the Seattle Seahawks and just some thoughts on them not being what we think that they are. So let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so today I'm going to go ahead and start with the Dallas Cowboys who lost 40-34 to 34 against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And this game firmly cemented at least two things for me, okay? The first of which is that the Dallas Cowboys are absolutely not a real Super Bowl contender. And there's four main reasons why, and I would be more than happy, and it would be my absolute pleasure to tell you those four points of why the Dallas Cowboys are not real Super Bowl contenders. Number one, Dak Prescott is just throwing way too many interceptions. He is throwing them at an alarming rate right now. He has thrown 11 interceptions this season in only nine games while throwing 10 interceptions the entirety of last season by comparison. It is absolutely an unusual departure from what we're used to seeing out of Dak Prescott, even going back to his rookie year, where he only threw four interceptions the entire season. Dak Prescott is well known to be a turnover-averse player. He's not known to be the guy to throw a bunch of interceptions, but that is just, it's just not the case. It's just not what we're seeing this season out of Dak Prescott. And I'm pretty sure I know why. Dak Prescott is throwing more interceptions this season. That brings me to my second point. Number two, they don't have any real passing game weapons outside of CeeDee Lamb. The Cowboys don't. And I don't want to hear about Peyton Hendershot. I don't want to hear about Noah Brown. I don't want to hear about Dalton Schultz. Those players are all fine. They are all good and they are all deserving of being in the National Football League. But look around the NFL right now. This is a weapons league. There are all, all the best teams right now have a second option who is good to very good to great. They, and a lot of them have a third option that is good to very good to great right now. The Cowboys have one real legitimate option and it really, it, it really showed up on that final interception that was returned for a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys where he hit, Dak Prescott did. He hit his receiver basically right in the hands. It was an excellent throw, and it just bounces off of him, and it gets intercepted. You know, you see that out of the other top teams in the NFL, but that's more of a, like, wow, I can't believe that happened type of thing versus what we saw, where it just it just kind of feels like it's a player that's not quite good enough to be getting the time that he is getting. And look, I know what everyone's going to say to this. They're going to say, well, what about the running game? I don't want to hear about the Dallas Cowboy running game. This is A, a passing league. And where does a dominant running game with only one wide, real true wide receiver get you in today's NFL? Ask the Tennessee Titans. They would be happy to tell you 
all about it. It's not how it works in the NFL right now. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys are beat up all over the place. Right now, two of their top three cornerbacks are out. Their standout starting safety is all banged up. They've been dealing with nagging injuries on the defensive line. The Cowboys, very good right tackle Terrence Steele is out for the season. And then Tyron Smith, who's played left tackle for them for a thousand years, has been moved to right tackle while he is coming off of a major injury. They're just beat up right now, and it is a really bad time going into the playoffs to have injury issues. Oftentimes, the team that wins a Super Bowl is not always the team that's the best team, but it is at times sometimes the healthiest team, and they are not healthy right now. And number four, Mike McCarthy. I swear I'm the only one that's talking about this. I swear I am the only one that looks and realizes that the Dallas Cowboys head coach is Mike McCarthy. Like, who trusts Mike McCarthy? I don't trust Mike McCarthy. Come on, viewer. Let's be real. You don't trust Mike McCarthy. Cowboys Nation, come on. You guys don't trust Mike McCarthy. We saw Mike McCarthy. I just don't trust him in situational. I don't trust him in those situational type of, type of, uh, in, I don't trust him situationally is what I'm trying to say unsuccessfully. I don't trust him. We saw it last season against San Francisco 49ers. They ran a QB draw with 12 seconds. And they're like, well, we thought it would only take 11. So what? You gave yourself one second to spare? Come on now. Let's call it how it is. When do you think Mike McCarthy is ever going to give you a coaching advantage going into the NFL playoffs? I don't trust him. You don't trust him. Let's just call it how it is. So those are the four main reasons I don't trust. The, I really don't buy the Dallas Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender. And I, I, I said it. I said this all season long. The Cowboys aren't real. The Cowboys aren't real. And then a couple weeks ago, I flip flopped it, and I don't know why. I just I got lost in the sauce. And I said the Cowboys were real, and I was wrong. The Cowboys are not real. I should have just trusted my eyes from what I saw the, the first however many weeks of the season. Okay. The other thing that the Jacksonville Jaguars lost cements for me for the Dallas Cowboys is they are clearly and obviously the third best team in the NFL behind the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Right now, th this probably won't happen in the upcoming week because the Eagles are going to be playing Gardner Minshew. Uh, but in the playoffs, if they meet, the Eagles will have absolutely no problem putting up yards and points against this defense. They have given up 200 yards on the ground, I want to say three or four times this season. Let's just call it how it is. Micah Parsons can talk all the talk he wants, but the Eagles offense is really good, and they would be able to put up points against this team. On the other side of this, the San Francisco 49ers, they might shut out the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers, if any team in the NFL would be able to shut down that, that rushing attack from the Dallas Cowboys and then blanket CeeDee Lamb, and then who else do they have? They don't have anybody. Like I said earlier, there is, I just, I just cannot envision the Dallas Cowboys getting by either of those two teams. And I know you at home, viewer, I know you feel the same way. Tell me why you think that the Dallas Cowboys would be able to beat either the Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers, or even both if you want. Like I would be, I would be willing to hear a reason. Feel free to give it to me, but I just, I just don't see it happening out of this Dallas Cowboys team. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And on the other side of this game, the Jacksonville Jaguars fans, all eight of them, 
have a ton to be excited about right now because this team is playing really well at the right time. The Jacksonville Jaguars have won three of their last four games and four of their last six games, and this team is a real threat and very probably will make the playoffs. They're a threat to make the playoffs. I don't know how much of a threat they are once they get in, uh, but at this moment, Jacksonville is only one game behind Tennessee for the division lead. They had the head-to-head -head win against the Tennessee Titans, who are currently leading division. They have very winnable games left on their schedule. They play the Jets, which is a tough game, especially if they have Mike White. Uh, they play against the Texans. The, the Jets game's winnable. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars also play against the Texans, who have played pretty well, but they are a one-win team for a reason. And then they finish the season against the Titans, who they beat by 14 points two weeks ago, or a week ago. This Jacksonville Jaguar team could absolutely, they have an excellent opportunity to win out, steal this division from the Tennessee Titans, and make it to the playoffs. But the really exciting part right now is Trevor Lawrence. He is absolutely coming of age before our eyes. And he's not perfect. He's made some mistakes. The broadcasters pointed out this week against Dallas how he missed a, he missed an open receiver and it caused an interception, a lot, a lot, a lot. But he's looking really good. And he appears to have turned the corner. There's a stat floating around right now. I saw it on Colin Coward, and I saw it on Nick Wright, where he's basically the most efficient quarterback in the NFL since week nine. That's a little farther back than I'd like to go. What I'd like to show you is a recap of what Trevor Lawrence's his stats have looked like in the Jacksonville Jaguars' last three wins. Like I said, they won three of their last four games. I'm going to cut him some slack for that Lions game that they lost because he was banged up. Okay, so here's what, his, here's what Trevor Lawrence's stats look like in his last three wins. He went... 29 of 37 for three touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Ravens. 30 for 42 for 368 yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Titans. And 27 of 42 for 318 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception against the Cowboys. Those are some very, very impressive stats. That's a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns, and one interception in three games. Those are some impressive, impressive figures, and he is really coming on at the right time. And it looks like Trevor Lawrence is who the Jacksonville Jaguars hoped that they would get when they took him number one overall. So there's plenty of reason to be excited if you are a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Now, here's what I'd like to end my show with. Uh, I'd like to end my show talking about the Seattle Seahawks a Seattle Seahawks team that I was wrong about both privately and on this show. And I told people, you know, they weren't really that good. They were overrated. I wasn't buying them. And you know what? I was a hundred percent wrong because I just missed the point. I missed the point of the Seattle Seahawks right now. The Seattle Seahawks aren't a playoff team. They aren't a team that's going to compete with the Super Bowl. They aren't a team that's going to make the wild card. They aren't a team that's ready to compete for their division. But what they are is a rebuilding team that is so far ahead of schedule that it is ridiculous. The Seattle Seahawks are a rebuilding team. And going into this season, we all expected the Seattle Seahawks to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. If you had a working brain with even a single wrinkle in your brain, you did not really expect the Seattle Seahawks to be good coming into this season. They had Geno Smith set to start at quarterback, who up to that point had been a career backup. And they gave up what we thought at the time was a top five, top 10, however you want to look at it, quarterback and Russell Wilson. 
And then at the beginning of this season, they just rushed out of the gate, won a bunch of games they shouldn't have unexpectedly. And our expectation of what the Seattle Seahawks were slash are, and our vision of them shifted, but it shouldn't have. We, as a collective group of NFL fans, did what we should have. We changed our view of the Seattle Seahawks as they won games that really they shouldn't have. And we didn't see them for what they truly are. We looked at them as this is a team that could potentially make the playoffs unexpectedly. And that's just not what they are. We we shifted our expectations. What they really are, once again, is a team that is in a rebuilding phase. They just did it extremely quickly. We allowed the Seattle Seahawks being significantly ahead of schedule in their rebuild to change our level of expectations for them when we absolutely shouldn't have it. Once again, I fell for it too. I was on the, they're really not that good. They're overrated. I'm not buying the Seahawks side of things. But here's the reality. They shouldn't have been expected to even be that good as I said that they weren't. The reality is that the reality is for the Seattle Seahawks, if they lose every game for the rest of the season, this was a successful season for the Seattle Seahawks and deserves to be seen as a success this season does for the Seattle Seahawks, even if they lose the rest of their games. Right now, they have seven wins. In the preseason, if memory serves, because it feels like forever ago, the betting line for Vegas for the Seahawks was that they would win two games. They would be one of the top two or three, or maybe it was four, whatever, they were not intended to win a whole lot of games. So right now, once again, my understanding was that they were scheduled to win two games. They have already more than tripled that expectation. And there's still three games left to play. There is absolutely no universe where you won double or triple the amount of games that you were expected to win, and it would be considered a disappointing or a bad season. The Seattle Seahawks had a great season, and even more so, they had an excellent offseason this year, as far as acquiring talent is concerned, it's been talked about to death, but I'm going to talk about it some more because it makes my point sound even better. In this year's draft alone, the Seattle Seahawks selected two very good tackles, an excellent starting running back in Kenneth Walker, who's an offensive rookie of the year candidate, an excellent corner, who's a defensive rookie of the year candidate, a serviceable corner, and then they also secured their tight end room with Noah Fant, who they got from the Russell Wilson trade. So they are very stable at a lot of very important positions. And then the Seattle Seahawks get to go into this offseason with two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and one of their first-round picks is currently slated to be the number three pick from what they got from that Russell Wilson trade. So they get to get another really good player. And then the Seattle Seahawks also have the fifth-most cap room in the NFL going into next offseason. So not only are the Seattle Seahawks a team that won potentially double to triple what their expected win total was. They're a team that is extremely far ahead of what their rebuilding schedule should look like. They also have excellent draft picks and a bunch of cap room to go along with it. This Seattle Seahawks team is in excellent position to really be one of the potentially one of the best teams in the NFL moving forward if they continue the offseason that they had last season. So there's a ton of optimism for these Seattle Seahawks. And that's it. That is my show. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, everybody.